Hey, I'm Charles Barkley. Call for a Redmond and water at bars and restaurants throughout the great state of Alabama. Redmond Vodka, available at select ABC stores and package stores. Redmond Vodka is eight times distilled, gluten-free, and is made from non-GMO corn. Looking to support a local business? Redmond Distilling is Alabama proud and minority-owned. Learn more online at redmonddistilling.com. You didn't let me tell you about the money. Oh, yeah. You forgot about the money. Yeah. So when I first came to the city, and again, in this role, it was access to capital. And that's a barrier for a lot of our small businesses. And we just didn't have what the access they needed. And this went on. Again, COVID came and we did do the Birmingham Strong Loan. But after the pandemic, it was still there. The need was still there. And so we decided we got money from ARPA and we said, all right, we are going to do this in a way where it's going to benefit these businesses. So we are going to have to give them access to capital. So what we did, we partnered with two organizations and each mm, about half a mil. So half a a million dollars total to give out to our small businesses. So up to $10,000. Now get this, you didn't have to pay it back. It was a forgivable loan. We were finally able to do that. And for me, that was a success because I had been here for three years. And what I want to give my businesses so much was just money to get started, money to keep operating, money to keep somebody employed. Mm. And we're able to do that. Over 90 businesses received that funding. And for me, that was a lot. But I can only imagine what it meant for them as entrepreneurs who take more risk than we do every single day for them to say, here's funding just for you to keep you in business because we understand we're in the aftermath. It hasn't stopped. You're still experiencing loss. You're still losing people. The workforce is still low. You still need help. And so for me in our office, it just felt great to be able to say, yes, we have this forgivable loan program Here, apply for this money. And not only that, we're going to help you apply for this money. So those two organizations, BBRC and Citizens Trust Bank, again, I tout them to the the highest mountain. They were there to help them get that funding. And I've heard stories of what it's done for people, and I can't wait to hear more because I know they're out there. And what we didn't want to do was to continue to give it to the same businesses, right? We wanted to keep pushing and keep pushing. And so if you've never heard of OBDO, which is Office of Business Versus Opportunity, you've never heard of IEO, you were able to go through one of these buckets of word of mouth and say, I need this funding. And the city of Birmingham made that happen. And for me, again, that was great because I can finally say we actually provided access to capital. The city of Birmingham did. Thank you to those funds that came through from ARPA. Um, And I was excited about that. And yeah, it makes me smile that I know that I know people personally that come up to me and say that actually helped my business tremendously. And that made me smile because we're doing something for our businesses. See. You got your joke, then tell your joke. Okay. You ready? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why did the scarecrow get a promotion? Why did the scarecrow get a promotion? I don't know. Because he was outstanding in his field. <laughs> you laughed. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give you that one. I like that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> 
I might have All right, Sarah. Oh, you got another I think I got another one. Okay, this Sarah. One I just let's about. go, Sarah. Okay, so it's my turn. Go ahead, and I got mm-hmm. one more. Okay, my joke is that last year I paid $25,000 in child care fees. That's not funny. We've discussed this. <laughs> that is not it a joke. It feels like a joke. It that does. Is, oh, okay. That feels like, like a joke. <laughs> I'm like, we is, discussed there a, this. is there a punchline? Okay, okay, no, I have a All better right, joke that will make you laugh. Hold on. I got one. Oh, okay. Okay, this one's going to make you laugh. Okay. What does a DJ put on his pasta? Wait. Wicka, wicka, mirror, mirror. Get it? Like marinara? No. Okay. No. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So okay, let me let me help. Let Hold me help on. her out. Let go ahead. Go, go ahead. Let me help give, her out. Let help me her out. Do one help first. her out. Help her out. Okay. Two men broke into a drugstore and stole all the Viagra. The police put out an alert to be on the lookout for two hardened criminals. <laughs> Sad part is I know that one. <laughs> That's the sad part. Why I know it, I have no idea. All but right. I know that one. Go ahead. Now you can do your second one. Okay. Because I'm going to come with a second one. Um, <laughs> what type of clothes does Mario wear? Denim, denim, denim. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean. I don't even get it. My joke sounds Super Mario Brothers. You know, denim, denim, denim. The game, mm. you have you have to know. You, you had you to, got it. I know, but you had to do it in tune for me to get it. I, I was did. like, oh, denim, denim, denim. Yeah, because I don't, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Um, it's okay. It does okay. Not sound so bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last one for me. Let's see here. <laughs> I'm terrible. I have to look up jokes. Did you hear about the mathematician? Who's afraid of negative numbers? She's looking at me like, she already got them. Here we go. He'll stop at nothing to avoid them. I swear we got the same. Why you do that? We got the same link. You guys are on the same website. (laughs) Mine was from the hip. And I just feel like you could have at least given me a pity laugh. I smiled. It was, it was, you got the pity laugh. Mm -hmm. So we have started off with jokes and just talking, but nobody knows who you are. Monique Mo Shorts serves as the senior program manager for the Office of Business Diversity and Opportunity. You know, I was looking at the video from yesterday, and I was doing this the whole time. So if I do that, tell me to hold still. Hold still. (laughs) (laughs) Within the Department of Innovation and Economic Opportunity for the city of Birmingham. In this role, she ensures small businesses have a seat at the economic development table, enabling Birmingham to grow and thrive from within. She is dedicated to helping small businesses from start up to scale up, serving as a one-stop shop for entrepreneurs. She works on several projects within her office, including the 2022 World Games, Mayor's Small Business Council, Legacy Business, and MasterCard in Solidarity. Mo holds her Bachelor of Science in Organizational Leadership and a Master in Business Administration. What? 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 I oh, didn't say I thought I heard. She did chuckle a little bit. I, mm-hmm. Thank you. Crazy. Well, 
trying to make me feel like I'm crazy. And you and you co-signing. <laughs> Both from Bethel University in McKenzie, Tennessee. She also completed Cornell University's Women's Entrepreneurship Certificate Program. She serves her community by volunteering with Girls, Inc. of Central Alabama and is an active member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. Did I say that right? Absolutely. (laughs) Incorporated in the Junior League of Birmingham. She is a graduate of Class 3 of Momentum's Upward Program, currently sits on the Upward Alumni Council and is a member of the advisory board for the Women in Leadership Program at University of North Alabama. Recently, Mo was selected as a 2022 Rolling Out Sisters with Superpowers Top 40 Under 40 honoree. Remind me of that. You know when. And 2021 Women to Watch by the Birmingham Business Journal. If her work and service to the community aren't enough to keep her busy, Mo must contend with the social calendar of her 12-year-old daughter, Kelsey. She's 12 now? She is 12 now. Oh, my God. Absolutely. (laughs) Who is a scholar, a volunteer, a track star, and a competitive cheerleader. That's my baby. How long have we known each other? A long time before. I already know. Before she was 12, mm-hmm. before she was thought of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a long time. Hold on, let me do something for him right quick. Um, do you, what's your first, fondest, or whatever memory? Of? Us. We go back to like Twitter days, mm-hmm. like before it's hot in the street now, but it was hot back then. Like it's, it's <laughs> the block too hot for me right now, right? I don't even do it for I, real. I don't. Yeah. I don't. We was we was on that every day. That Birmingham, but Bur- Black Birmingham Twitter is a whole. It was a whole thing. Thing. It yeah. was a whole thing. We talked yeah. about 2006, 2007, 2008. Yeah. Like, hot in the street. Yeah, yeah. And we went, you had a fundraiser uh-huh. upstairs. Was it the Redmont? Yeah. Remember that? Oh, so you didn't remember that. Uh, you didn't remember I that. didn't. You did not. I was going to go to Steel, but yes. Yes, yes. and yeah. we were up there. That was a long time ago. Damn, we go back, back. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that's amazing. And so, since then... You have turned into a superhero. Thank you. I got to do this already. One of my questions for my guests is, if you had a superpower, what would it be? I already have it. And what's that? It's being able to be resilient, to bounce back from anything. Uh Because I've had to bounce back from a lot. Yeah. And to still stand uh, is a superpower. So to still be sitting here today with you smiling and enjoying life and looking forward to everything that God has to offer. Amen. That's my superpower because I'm doing it with a smile and I'm excited. What's your sign? I'm a cancer. Now, what does that mean? I don't really know astrology, <laughs> but it, it's fun. So I'm loyal. I'm emotional. Mm. I'm a water sign. So, like, I literally love the water, love the beach, love hiking to find waterfalls. Really? Um, as a friend, I'm, I'm your best friend. 
and I will fight for you. I will go to bat for you. Sarah Flynn can tell you that. I will go to bat for you at any time. And that's just who I am. So can't, I don't care who I would have been, where I was born, I would have been the same person. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite season? I hate to be cold. But I, also I know, right? I hate being cold, but I also hate being hot. Mm, I can deal with heat more than the cold. <laughs> um, well, so Rocket, my daughter, we mm-hmm. call her. She, her name is Kelsey, but she actually learned. To, I remember that she, now. Rocket. Yeah. Most people still call her Rocket because they didn't know Kelsey was her name. Yeah. So, yeah. So she actually learned to run before she could walk. And I was nervous. I was like, she's supposed That's to be so walking. Cute. Yeah, she wanted that momentum to keep us straight. She started to run, and they said, Have another baby. That wasn't going to happen. She better figure it out. Um, So she started to run before she could walk. So we called her Rocket. And she is just an amazing little girl um, that I'm so, 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 so happy to have in my life. It's my daughter. And I, I couldn't think of anything else rather than being her mom. Like another one of my superpowers is being, being her mom, right? Yeah. What is your favorite scripture, Bible figure, or Bible story? Oh. Hmm. It's escaping me, but it's something about not being fearless and being the storm. I I feel like sometimes I go through things and I have to remember that I am the storm. Mm. So there's a Bible verse around that. Um, you got the Bible verse? Did you find it? No. I need you to look. You're supposed to be looking. <laughs> no, but it's it's it's. I have to remind myself again, being resilient. Um, I I am the storm. So when things come my way, I'm going to get through it. Fear fear me. <laughs> like don't I don't fear other things or other people. I fear God and that's it. Mm-hmm. I am the storm. And I wanted to go back to your question about Rocket. Um my season would be Christmas because she was born on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Um and so yes, it's cold. It actually snowed when she was born. Um and we were there in the in the snow and I said, You brought the snow with you. Yeah. Um so she was already a force. I love already it. a force. Mm-hmm iPhone or Android? Was that a trick question? <laughs> I don't like green dots. I cannot stand <laughs> green dots. Pick an age. Go back in in your mind to that age and tell me what age did you choose and what advice would you give yourself? So give your give your old self some advice. Tell me what age you choose. And what advice you'll give yourself? I would choose 18. 18 was pivotal. You are leaving your parents' home. You're starting out by yourself. And you don't know, and I would tell my 18-year-old self this, you don't know that life is coming. Mm. You don't know that it is going to hit you like a ton of bricks. Like a bomb. And and it's going to hurt. And you're going to cry. And you're going to break down. And that's okay. You're going to fail. You're not perfect. You are going to fail. And then you'll get it right. And then you'll fail again. And that's okay. I used to think that asking for help was a weakness. I used to think that if I failed at something, it wasn't for me and I should just give up on it. Um, I thought that I failed at life. 
at 18, 19, 20 years old, you have your future ahead of you. But here I am older and I'm thinking, yeah, I failed. I've not succeeded at everything that I've wanted to do. Life has flipped me up and spit me out and turned me around and you got this. I just have to remind myself now, and I would tell my 18-year-old self, whatever happens, you got this. Nice. Do you cook? I eat. (laughs) (laughs) Then what's your favorite restaurant here in Birmingham? Oh, Green Acres. (laughs) (laughs) That was an easy one. That was easy. I'm thinking about it right now. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I just want a man on the special. Okay. Say anybody listening. Okay. With a lemonade. Okay. <laughs> Who's your favorite NBA team? Um, I just watch basketball. Okay. Well, who's your favorite NBA player? I just watch basketball. Okay. Well, how about NFL? You got a favorite NFL team? I just watch football. Okay. Sarah okay. McMillan. Wait, 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 wait. Let me go back. <laughs> I, I, I will say this because I live in Alabama. You got to pick a side. Yeah. Right. You yeah. you gotta do that. You gotta pick a side. So I married into an Auburn family. Okay. So it's war ego. Don't look at me like that with your Alabama shirt on. I see you. <laughs> I married into I so look to an Auburn family. So it's war eagle every day. Sarah McMillan <laughs> serves as manager of workforce and t- and talent development. With the city of Birmingham, where she connects residents to pathways in high growth and high demand occupations. She was instrumental in executing the city's Embrace Mothers Initiative, the first guaranteed income pilot program in the state of Alabama, which provided 110 single mothers and women in mothering roles with per month for 12 months. Sarah currently leads the Birmingham Region Health Partnership, the result of a successful federal grant application of $10.8 million to train 1,000 job seekers in um, in quality healthcare roles, and my screen went out, throughout the region. Sarah formerly worked for the YMCA, serving the Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and Birmingham associations. During her 11 years of service, Sarah led teams in branch operations, health and wellness, youth development, and philanthropy. In addition to her local work, Sarah was active with the YMCA of the USA, leading diversity, equity, and inclusion work for the national organization as a trainer and facilitator, as well as employee employee resource group champion. Sarah holds a master's degree in instructional design and development from the University of Alabama at Birmingham (laughs) and an undergraduate degree from Loris Mm -hmm. College, where she competed on the women's basketball team. Oh, you get buckets? She is a recent graduate of the Women's Foundation of Alabama's Women's Policy Institute and now serves on the organization's advocacy committee. She is a member of the Birmingham Multiple Sclerosis. I cannot say multiple. It always gives me hell. 
as bad as Worcestershire. <laughs> but I can't say multiple. Multiple Sclerosis Society's leadership class of 2023 and currently enrolled in the Momentum Upward program. Sarah lives in Birmingham with her two children, Quinn and Miles. How old are Quinn and Miles? Four and two. Oh, my goodness. In the thick of it. You are in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. So when you said <laughs> being mommy and all that, you were serious here. Oh, yeah. Knee deep. Knee deep <laughs> in it. Mm-hmm. Now, I need you to bring me all the way to Birmingham. I want to know where you were born, where you grew up. I want to know all about this basketball story Mm. and what got you here in Birmingham. Okay. So I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I'm a proud uh, Wisconsinite. Okay. Packer fan. Cheesehead. Diehard cheesehead. (laughs) Okay. Bucks fan, Brewers fan, all that. Okay. I love me some Wisconsin. Um, I... Just, you know, grew up in Milwaukee, had a great, great uh, life there, uh, loved it, except for the six months of winter. Um, graduated high school and wanted to keep playing basketball, so I uh, went to play basketball at a small Division three school in Dubuque, Iowa, which is about 90 miles outside of Madison. It sits right on the border where Illinois, Wisconsin, and Iowa meet. Um, you had to be serious about basketball to go in the middle of nowhere. Well, I love it. It 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 feels like the middle of nowhere. It's mm. it's it is in the middle of nowhere, but there's a somewhere in that nowhere. So okay. it's, there were like three other like colleges in the town. So okay. it didn't feel so small. Now it was a huge culture shock moving from like a major metro right. to Iowa. Right. Which right. I mean, I'm, I've just I've never been immersed in so much country music in my life. Yeah. So, um, that's where I, I learned to love a little bit of country music. Not, yeah, not a lot, but a little. Not a little bit. <laughs> uh, but yes, I played basketball there for three years, then graduated, moved home. Were you a pointer shooting guard? I was actually a small forward. So I, I swear, I, I play bigger than I am. So I really am only 5'5", five five, and most people... You got them yeah, shoulders, huh? Yeah, no, I have strong, yeah, strong. Okay. I, I used to be. Okay. Right? So it's funny, because when I was in... In high school, I was, like, all of shooting guard. All I did was, like, stand and shoot. That was all I did. Yeah. And then I got to college, and I went 0 for 32 my freshman year from the three-point line. Like, I just I, – I lost my shot. Like, there's nothing funnier than my first game as a sophomore hitting a three. Like, I was at least a foot behind the line, and everyone would kind of, like, cringe because they're like, Sarah, you don't do that. And I nailed it. And I swear, like, the other team was already on the other side of the court. We were celebrating. Like, it was like the Super Bowl. Like, it was there was there was no other it, – it's, it's quite embarrassing. So That's too funny. That's me as a basketball player. Yeah. Like, and kind of good. Good enough, but not actually that great. So, yeah. Yes. But I, um, I played – Moved home, graduated in the height of the recession, so I'm, like, applying for all these jobs. I'm not finding anything. At the same time, my dad is applying for jobs, and he ends up getting a job with the city of Philadelphia. So he moves, and I have two younger sisters, and I've been away from them for four years because, you know, when you play a sport, you don't really get to come home and, you know, hang out. And so over the course of those four years, my sisters had gone from, like, being little kids to, like, growing up, and I said – 
you know, I want to I want to be around them. And so my family moved to Philly and I moved there with them. And I had always worked for the YMCA growing up. My first my first job at, at 15 was at the Y. And so when I moved to Philly, I looked for jobs for a few months. But, you know, I was applying for jobs with people that had, you know, been out of the workforce because they had been, you know, they had been laid off because it was mm-hmm. the recession. And so right. I'm applying for jobs with people that I'll never forget. I applied for like a teaching fellowship program and I'm sitting in the room. There's like 15 of us. It's a group interview. Um, it's like a half day experience. It's nerve wracking and it's it's actually terrible. I don't know why they do that to people. But in that room of like 15 people, there were three people with PhDs applying for teaching fellow positions. So here I am like 22 years old, like right out of college. And right. I just was like, something's got to give. So. I applied for a job to work in a childcare. It is. <laughs> I applied for a job to work in a childcare facility, and uh-huh. so with the Y, um, and liked it for a while, but quite frankly, like could not pay back my student loans, which were knocking on the door. Um, so I just started applying for jobs and couldn't find anything else, and eventually found something else within the Y and kind of worked my way up there. Um, and did just about everything you can do for the YMCA under the sun from like running camps and mm-hmm. uh, running health and wellness and membership and all of that. And uh, and it was cool and I liked it and I really like found myself being really passionate about the Y. And so eventually decided to move to the Birmingham Association because that's kind of what you do when you work in the Y facility. You can work really anywhere in the country. And so I applied for a job here in Birmingham and moved What's here. What's his name? Yeah. <laughs> nobody Look, just nobody just like, we about, up uh, and goes. We about to skate over that. You know, Listen, I'm just gonna go to Birmingham. Right. <laughs> in the spirit of girl power. But yes, no, there was a there was a boy who I, there was a boy who I followed, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But ladies, I followed him with a job. So I didn't just follow him, I got a job and then I came. Okay. okay? All right. So I wasn't born to be a follower. Okay. Um, I'm going to leave all of that where it is for now. Thank you. And I'm going to ask you some this or that questions. Regions Park or Rick, Rickwood Field? Rickwood. Botanical Gardens or Railroad Park? Railroad. Protective Stadium or Legacy Arena? Mm, legacy. Crossplex or Legion Field? Oh, Legion Field. Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center? McWayne. Sloss Furnace or Vulcan Park? Sloss. Birmingham Barons or Birmingham Squadron? Squadron. Birmingham Legion or Birmingham Stallions? Stallions? Alabama or Auburn? Auburn, because I'm rolling with my girl, so sorry. That's right, girl power. What'd they say? Eagle. Well, it was nice Ro- for you Eagles. all turning in, <laughs> tuning in today. We're about to cut the show short because of all of these Auburn people in here. iPhone or Android? Oh, hold on. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Yes, iPhone or Android? iPhone. Okay. Alabama State or Alabama A&M? Hmm. That's really tricky. Alabama State. I'm just trying to think of my friends and, you know, who, yeah. Biggie or Tupac? Tupac. Michael Jackson or Prince? Prince. Easy. Hmm. Sorry. 
What's your dream car? Ooh, dream car. This is hard because I'm not a car person. Okay. So, like, I, I don't, if it doesn't have a car note, I'll drive it. So Don't worry about it. I mean, I, I kind of want one of those new Subarus. I feel like it's, like, the, the stage I'm in as mom. Soccer like, mom just, thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm really into wow. it. Yeah. Okay. Into she's it. really embracing she really that thing, embracing huh? that thing. <laughs> Love it. Um, let me see. Oh, wait. I, mm. I got to go back because I don't like to forget things. Please. My scripture. I had to go and find it. Mm. Absolutely. Awesome. You did. I did. So it's Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong. Be fearless. Don't be afraid and don't be scared by your enemies because the Lord your God is the one who marches with you. He won't let you down and he won't abandon you. Mm-hmm. You know you're dealing with somebody who loved them some Bible when they come out of Deuteronomy. <laughs> I hear you. That's my girl there. I tell you. At Alabama Power, there's nothing more important to us than our customers and the communities we serve. Alabama Power is more than your reliable source of electricity. We're committed to building the future of energy and providing innovative solutions to our customers. Alabama Power offers energy efficiency tips to help lower your bills, and the company supports agencies that offer bill assistance. Alabama Power initiates and supports efforts to grow the economy and elevate the state of Alabama. And yes, we are also your reliable source of electricity. Alabama Power is for a better Birmingham and a better Alabama. Now your turn, your favorite scripture, Bible figure, or story. So definitely, I'm a Sarah through and through so i love sarah's story um and actually my daughter her her middle name is quinn so her first name is sarah too she's not a junior she's not a junior (laughs) but please don't (laughs) sarah Sarah is a family name Uh so i'm actually the third sarah in my family i'm named after my great-grandmother who was named after her mother yeah and so when i was um pregnant with quinn I just I knew it was going to be a girl and I did a lot of praying and I felt like it took me forever. And I really I I feel like Sarah's story resonates with me in a lot of ways, not just my journey to motherhood, but just in general. I feel like sometimes I have to catch myself trying to manufacture my own blessings Mm. instead of waiting for them to come on time. And I'm looking at Mo because she's usually the one that's like, Sarah, you're doing too much. (laughs) But yes, that's definitely I think that I'm a Sarah through and through um i came here prepared to pick a fight with you okay but you were nice so i didn't i I can't be nice you know i came to pick a fight about the guaranteed mother's income oh i love it because i mean where the where the father's at Mm -hmm. you know and so Tell us about that program. Um, Dr. Wesley said that we were going to give a report Mm -hmm. on it. But tell us what it's about as well. Awesome. No, I'm glad that we're fighting about this. This It's my favorite thing to fight about. So if you want to clear the table, we can do that. (laughs) (laughs) I I want people to understand the importance. Awesome. Well, 
a little over a year ago, we received a $500,000 grant. The city received a grant from our partners at an organization called Mayors for a Guaranteed Income, which mm-hmm. is an organization that's led by the former mayor of Stockton, California, uh, Michael Tubbs. And guaranteed income is not a new concept, by the way. And so for the folks right. that are perhaps listening and don't understand guaranteed income, uh, it's a it's a no strings attached cash payment made directly to individuals. We don't tell you what to do with it. It's just something that we give to you. Um, it's different from the term universal basic income in the fact that there's some sort of identifier or qualifier to why someone would be receiving that. So for our pilot being a single female identifying head of household with children under the age of 18, that was our identifier. Universal basic income is something like, you know, you get a check, I get a check, you know, millionaire gets a check, everybody gets the same check. That's universal basic income, which is different, again, from guaranteed income. So we received this grant from our partners at Mayors for a Guaranteed Income, and actually the pilot was run as a randomized control trial. So our pilot, in conjunction with several other pilots from around the country, um, really sought to understand how guaranteed income could be a tool to really lift people out of poverty. And this is not a new concept. This is, you know, Dr. King was a, a huge proponent of eliminating and eradicating poverty through guaranteed income. Um, and and there's we actually just screened this really, this is kind of a side note, we just screened this really amazing documentary called Storming Caesar's Palace in conjunction uh, with the grant, which just tells this amazing story of black mothers in um, Las Vegas in the 70s that essentially like shut down the the, the Vegas Strip um, protesting for welfare rights and essentially guaranteed income. Um, so our pilot, so I, I want to get to like the like that the meat of what it really was. So mm-hmm. take your time. Three hundred seventy-five dollars a month. We were, we selected one hundred and ten women, and again, this was a randomized control pilot. So we had a third-party research partner that did all of this. So I'm saying we, as in the city of Birmingham, but we weren't actually involved in selecting the folks. So the application was open for a week, and we received over eight thousand applications. So the need was was tremendous. Um, and in order to uh, qualify, all you had to do was to be essentially a single mother or a woman in a mothering role um, living in the city of Birmingham with at least one child under the age of 18. Um, Tell it, me about the applications. So so we received over 8,000 applications. It's open for a week, 16,000 clicks on the application. Um, of our pilot participants, a little bit about the demographics of them. Right. Uh, about 98% were uh, black. Um, so this is of the 110, the median household income, and I'm just like shooting off my hip here, so I might be off by like a, like a, like a fraction of a percent, but it was about three and a half, uh, people in the household with one adult. So what it tells you is that there's one single mother and there's about two to three children in the household. The median, the median household, um, income was under $15,000 a year. So we're still in the process of getting some of, we, we just executed our final payment um, in February. So we don't have a ton of like final data, mm-hmm. but we do have access to spending data and the overwhelming majority of it is spent on food. Well, well let me ask, mm-hmm. um, what was the percentage of working versus non-working? I don't have that information, have that. not just yet. But we do. We have learned from our guaranteed income pilots that are conducted around the the country that guaranteed income actually boosts labor force participation rate, and that when people receive guaranteed income, they're able to. You're given autonomy to do with 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 it what you please, right? So, you know, if I am receiving like a standard 
social service benefit, like like a food assistance program. Mm-hmm. There, it's very specific on what you can use that on. But if you're like me and you make too much, for perhaps for for a childcare subsidy, um, and that guaranteed income would help me to to pay for childcare, which I like was not joking at the beginning of this when I said I paid two thousand dollars a month, over two thousand dollars a month for my two children. Um, and so what we're experiencing right now is like women dropping out of the labor force in fleets because we can't afford childcare or there's not access to childcare. So this guaranteed income actually increases labor force participation rate. It gives women the ability to, and not just women, people, gives them ability to make decisions that benefit their households and who better to make those decisions than themselves. Well, let's, we're going to make a mark right there on where we're going to come back to the fight. Yes. Because. But I do, but I did want to just let mention. Let me just say this. <laughs> then you say it. Hold your thought. The, I would love to see that money go into working moms, not non-working moms. I'm, I believe in pro- programs and 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 projects that are for you. Not you know what I'm saying the the that that individual that isn't I won't say beyond help but it that, that's not going to lift them. That's not going to make a change. But the people that that little bit can make all the difference in the world. That's that. Those are the people that I would like to see my tax dollars helping. The people that that three seventy five changes their life and their trajectory, and not just makes the house better for that year or, or whatnot. But go. So that's yeah. why I'm saying these are the things right. that I want you to overcome in explaining mm-hmm. that the the. The program, because my assumptions right. can can yeah. get a, you know what I mean? And I want you to help. Well, a good, to that point, I think a good, a good example mm-hmm. is the, the child tax credit that expired last year, um, where women or women, not, not just women, but households, families, right. caregivers um, with dependents received, you know, that, that expanded tax credit credit or they mm-hmm. could receive it on a monthly basis. That's essentially a form of guaranteed income. And what we saw at the end of that that program is that it had literally eliminated or re- significantly reduced child poverty. So it did, it does and that did, that was across the board, right? And so I I understand why we are essentially, in my opinion, trained to think the way that we are about deservedness. Yes. But I want to talk, because you did mention, you did mention, like, what about the men? And so when we received this grant from Mayors for a Guaranteed Income, we were extremely thoughtful around the population that we wanted to focus on. And we believe that, look, you told me not to touch the table, and I just, I can't. Told you it would happen. We told you it would happen. But... um, (laughs) We were extremely thoughtful and embarked on this process to really try to understand how we could really make sure we were intentional about the population that we chose. And we chose single mothers because we did a ton of research and found that two-thirds of the households with children in in Birmingham are helmed by a single woman. It's an extremely high amount, like top 10 in the country of, of large municipalities, and it's alarming. And we understand that there's intersections to as to why that might be, 
But we knew that on the heels of a pandemic that impacted women, black people, people with significant barriers to economic mobility, we knew that if we put that investment into that community, we were going to see households improve, children outcomes for children improve. We were going to, the research is telling us labor force participation is going to improve. So we made a very intentional decision to focus on that. Not to say that fathers aren't amazing but let or me, that there's not single fathers out there, but we saw that there was an overwhelming number of Birmingham households that were helmed by single mothers that need help. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I don't, I don't argue that at all. Right. Um, but let's just, for the sake of a study, mm-hmm. proven, proven a point, if you will, um, in my mind, here again, that closed, narrow, not thinking, I want you to be, break my walls down, right? Yeah. But, okay, you're throwing a little money into a well or throw that little money into men where the problems are more profound the impact of the system on women versus men is more detrimental all i'm saying here is that i know it was just a study you know and it, this is just to get numbers data it is to help some people but i i have yet to be convinced or have my mind changed that it is politically more advantageous to do this for a group of women because they vote versus men who don't vote. We we vote like, what, 2% less than women? But where I'm going with this is a lot of decisions have been made, and I keep hearing black women, Black women, and I'm not saying it's not deserved, but I ain't hearing black men nowhere. And so I just, like I said, I wanted to pick a fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And and so I know that I'm picking a fight with the people that are going back to the mayor, are going back to systems and are going back to grant contributors and all this stuff. And, you know, I'm just saying... Let's let's not forget the men because, you know, the the impact of the system on black men has just been. Yeah. And I don't disagree. And that mm-hmm. is definitely something that we're focused on. But I don't know that there one, I don't personally don't believe it benefits any of us to say one is is in a worse situation than the other. I do also believe that. Again, we made this decision understanding that on the heels of the pandemic, the impacts of of COVID on women and on black women and, and more about black women when we consider labor force participation and we consider their them being in the workforce, black women have traditionally and historically had some of the highest rates of labor force participation because they've never been able to not be in the, the workforce. 
that's never been a that's there wasn't a a boom in the in the 60s or the 70s when black women started going to work no they've been in the workforce Mm. but they've been resigned to roles that pay pay less pay under the table don't include benefits they're not quality jobs right so we know that their labor force participation rate is high but their wages are low Mm. and so what better way to to infuse resources into communities that need it. And quite frankly, looking at the makeup of Birmingham, quite, communities that are in mothering roles and have a huge responsibility of taking care of themselves, but also taking care of the future leaders of Birmingham. Mm-hmm. I don't argue that. And um, I don't, I'm glad you made that comment because I'm not trying to suggest that one is in a worse shape than the other. I'm just simply saying that we, um, as black men, if you don't articulate this well, it can come across as, you know, we're like, what are we, chopped liver? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I'm just offering um, more of a suggestion of, of um, communication than I am changing anything mm-hmm. that you're doing. You know, you need to make people understand, and I think you've done a good job of that. Um, why are he? Why are you here, Mo? It was a setup. That was mm-hmm. a setup. <laughs> that was a setup. It was a setup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell us about your job. Well, I am fortunate enough to work with. Majority African American owned businesses mm-hmm. here in Birmingham, Alabama. And let me tell you why. I normally would say I work with small businesses, and because I do. But I was in a conversation with the Department of Commerce and the World Bank last week, and someone made the comment that when you say small business, you pigeonhole yourself. So other people who are not in that space kind of look at you a certain way. And so instead of that, he said, I work with majority African-American-owned businesses. And I said, well, okay. Mm -hmm. I I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I work with, again, our African-American majority-owned businesses here in Birmingham, um, whether they're minority or women-owned or disadvantaged, um, historically underserved population of our businesses. And so I make sure again they're at the table they have a voice um, I actually left a meeting today with our small business council so that council is made up of 23 individuals who give us recommendations we cannot make the policies because we don't understand what's going on as an entrepreneur like we're not in that space so we lean on them heavily to give us that information to say well what is it that you need that we as the city can provide for you so when i came on board i came on board in 2019 and then of course the pandemic hit six months later and I was back at home, but that doesn't mean I wasn't working. I still need to understand what was going on and what the needs were. So we literally wasted no time when COVID hit to say, what is it that you need and what can we provide? And so we set up the Birmingham Strong Loan and we gave funds to our businesses to keep them afloat. And yes, we did lose some, um, but we kept a lot of them and also gave them the, the TA, the technical assistance to stay in business. And some of them were in business, but didn't really know how to stay there. Um, so we handheld, we handheld them to make sure, hey, we're not going to just put you off and say, you didn't do this statement right, or you don't understand this. We're going to say, this is what you do. 
call somebody to help, you know, more. I can't find my accountant. Okay, let us help you find somebody. Um, we had really great partners in this with Rebound Birmingham um, that kind of came together and said, we're going to provide resources. Um, and that was, again, I had been on the job for six months <laughs> um, when that happened. And so it kind of opened my eye. And so what the small business landscape looks like here in Birmingham, and then how can we help? So I didn't come in with the mindset of, I know what you need. I'm going to ask questions and I ask a lot of questions so I can figure out what that is. Let me ask you a yes. question. Um, what is the number one request of you in your office that you can't do? Like that people just completely get it wrong. Like, you know, that's just not what we do. That's not what this office does. I'm going to answer that two ways. Okay. We get an, uh, a request for access to capital all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, when I first started, we really only had one stream, Birmingham Business Development Loan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't really helping the people who actually needed it at that time. Mm-hmm. It was a process. You did a letter of credit, like a, up to like a million dollars. That wasn't what the people on the ground actually needed. And we weren't able to provide that. Well, let's fast forward to last year. We got dollars from ARPA, and we were able to actually give them access to capital. So we gave out nearly $1 million to other I don't, don't want to hear that. No, but, no. but oh, that's but that's because you're telling me we weren't able to, right? I could not no, give no, you no, access no, no, no. to capital. Here's what I'm saying. Yeah. Here's what I'm asking. Number one question yeah. coming from somebody in South Titusville mm-hmm. to the mayor when are you going to do something about the Green Springs Highway Interstate right there? They don't get it. They don't know that the mayor has nothing to do with the interstate. What I'm trying mm-hmm. to get people to understand is this is what your office does. This is what we don't do. I'm saying let's talk about okay. what y'all don't do. Well, when, <laughs> but again, we, so we, we didn't give money like that. So right. we, we won't sit down with you and write a business plan. But I can give you somebody who can. We won't sit with you and look down this register of real estate, but I can give you somebody who can. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Right. Um, I can't sit down with you and help you ideate, right? Like I can't sit on the phone for an hour and a half and help you ideate. I can't listen. How do I how do I get um a contract with the city? So you can go to be a vendor with the city of Birmingham. So I would send you to the website and I would talk to you about it first and I will walk you through that process. And then I would send you the link and then walk you through it again. So you understand what you need to become a vendor with the city of Birmingham. It's called doing business with the city of Birmingham. And there's a form that you fill out and there are next codes that you need. And some people don't know their next codes. So we put them in contact with somebody who can tell them what is it that you do. And here's your next code, and you put that in so that when we have opportunities, we will send that information to you. And I also give them the website. There's what bids are available. So that's how I do that. So there's some things that I can do, but other things I rely on my partners heavily to do that. Because while we are the city, as you said, we can't do it all. Mm-hmm. But again, I'll go back to what I said earlier, the things that we couldn't do, I wanted to make sure that we could do. So I made well, it a point to, to do that. that. We're yes. gonna we're gonna get to that. Uh, I'm not gonna leave, let you leave here without <laughs> touting successes. But the problem, um, people come to me because I'm supposed to know everything, and they ask questions that the government just don't do. So I have a business and. Um, 
you know, I just I just bought a, a little place and we going to put a hot dog stand in there, right? I need money from the city to help me bring it all up to code. Mm-hmm. You know. Um now you may know something I don't know. But the city don't do that. City does not give money to for people to bring their businesses up to code. They don't give money to do things on private property, this, that, and the other. And so everybody wasn't paying attention in social studies and civics. And so I want to be very clear mm-hmm. about what you don't do so that we can go into what you do do. So for that, I, I connect, right? Mm-hmm. No, I can't do that. I can't give you money to bring them to code, but I can connect you to someone that can. Mm-hmm. Um, I know someone asked, they want to, to franchise, mm-hmm. right? Could you give me money to franchise? I can't, but I can tell you somebody who can help you with that process. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's just knowing about all the resources that are out there. And so I stay out researching different grants, different opportunities. Um, I'm not a big Facebook person, but sometimes that's where a lot of the grants are. Um, they're posting in these groups and I have to go and find them on my LinkedIn looking for national opportunities. So mm-hmm. not just local opportunities here, um, we partnered with like Axion Opportunity Fund that had funding for the Southeast. So that included Alabama. So I don't limit the pool of money or the resource I have just to Birmingham. Um, another question that I always get, um, not just about access to capital, it was I need help on marketing. Like I got this new business and how can I get it marketing? Can you build me a website? I can't. But I know that the Ed Farm can help you or I know that there's another resource that may be popping up soon that can help you. Um, I try not to say I don't know. I say I'm not sure. Let me find out. And then I follow up because I don't know a lot of stuff. And it's OK to say that. But I want you to say I'm going to say I, I'm not sure, but I can find you a resource. And I do that. How how can people find you? Couple right. Um, so we are on Facebook. I um, want you to say how they can find you in the office mm-hmm. and then how can people follow you and yeah. on your social? Oh, I'm, go ahead. I, I had a like I got it laid out. Oh God, I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry. Because people are right now they're probably on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. So while you're on Facebook, go to IEO Birmingham. Find us on Facebook. Also find us on IG. Now you can reach our website. It's www.birminghamal.gov/bhmup, and that will list out all the resources that we have. If you have a question, a concern, a comment, or time to tell me what you need, you can put it on that webpage and it comes right to us. You can email me. So we're at smallbiz, that's S-M-A-L-L-B-I-Z, at BirminghamAL.gov. So let me tell you why I won't just give out mine or Sarah's or anybody in our office. Because if I'm out of the office, like I was out of the office on yesterday, right, I might not get your email. And it could be pressing. So if you email smallbiz, you get us all. So somebody's going to be there to answer that question. And we're kind of good about saying if we're not in the office and here's a person you can talk to. But we want to be readily available to assist when we can. So be it our website, be it coming to City Hall in Birmingham, downtown on the fourth floor, that's where we are. And we actually go out into our community. We have something called Coffee and Conversations. So we were at the Modern Coffee House in Titusville last month. This month on March 23rd at 1 p.m., we're going to be at Flow. It's a clothing boutique in City Walk. We're going to be there. Pull up. 
Ask questions. So the questions you're asking us right now are questions that we're going to get. We got them last month. We're going to get them next month. What can you do? What can't you do? And how can you help me? And we take any and all questions around small business, contracting, certifications, how do I get certified, um, SBAs, uh, anything that you can think of small business related, we want you to ask us. Because if I don't know, when I do find out, now I have more information to share with somebody else. So we, we want all the questions. So please, if you're around March 23rd, 1 p.m., pull up at Flow. We're going to be there. So I also have my colleague, Dorothy George. So we call her Dot. She's going to be there as well. So we just hired her mm, September, October, and she's absolutely amazing. So she also brings a wealth of resources. So I don't do this by myself. I can't. I have a whole team. Yes, you can yeah. because you're superwoman. <laughs> I know enough to know and ask for help. I tell you that, right? Um, so we, we do things like that to guidance community because we've been around for almost four years and people still asking questions. We didn't know you existed. We don't know how to find you. Well, this is how you find us and we're going to come to you. So we're going to do this in every district for the next six or seven months just to be out there asking questions. So we want to resource. We want to talk to each other, find out how you can help one another because that actually happened. Lady said, this is what I need. The guy said, oh, wait, I can do that. That's what we want. I love you so much, <laughs> my friend. Now, before I let y'all get out of here, Sarah, you got to tell me what a doula is. A doula. Yeah. Awesome. What's a doula? I wish they had, like, the actual... Well, he's um, Cornell said y'all were gonna come tell us something that was going on with oh, doulas. So, yes, doulas. first of all, what's a doula, and then yes. what are we doing around that? Those efforts. Monique is gonna look up the official, the official definition for you. But okay. a doula is someone who is uh, functions in a supportive role uh, when someone is giving birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the city recently funded a partnership with an organization in Birmingham called. Birthwell Partners, mm-hmm. um, where we'll be funding um, through our BOLD program that that we facilitate out of IEO, which stands for Building Opportunities for Lasting Development. Um, it's a funding initiative that we run, um, and we fund close to a million dollars of um, organizations that are doing really amazing work in our community. Um, and Birthwell Partners was one of our um, organizations that we're partnering with this coming year. Um, and essentially, we will provide, um, we'll train over 30 uh, community doulas to to become doulas, to add doulas to, to our ecosystem, um, to be able to provide birthing support services to residents, as well as being able to provide um, over 100 uh, mothers with free doula support um, over the next year. So that's really exciting. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. The, the, the big thing about this that makes it so amazing is that uh, people that could benefit from uh, receiving doula services typically can't afford them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that we're able to uh, provide these services for, for women in our community who otherwise perhaps would not be able to afford them, um, a lot of times it's not covered by your insurance provider. Mm-hmm. Or if it is, um, sometimes the doulas aren't paid a rate that uh, is, is competitive within the industry. Mm-hmm. And so we're really hoping to bridge the gap and then the the big goal is to uh, improve outcomes for, for women. And where can people get more information on that? That same website that um, that okay. Monique mentioned, but BirminghamAL.gov is, is where you find all the good stuff about that. And the partner organization that's facilitating that is Birthwell Partners. Birthwell. Yes. And be sure to follow us on our social media handles because mm-hmm. when information is out there, that's what's going to be. Yes. All right. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. for having us. It was a pleasure meeting you. Great meeting you. Let me know anytime you want to fight. Anytime. (laughs) Especially about women's issues. We're here.
Hey everybody, it's Leon Parker, Vice President of Student Life and Engagement at the illustrious Miles College. We're excited to kick off our 125th anniversary celebration with the Scholarship Benefit Concert featuring Dr. Dorinda Clark Cole from the legendary Clark Sisters and friends from around Birmingham to include the Miles College Choir, Deirdre Gaddis, Kendra Studemeyer, Alicia Hicks, and Jaden Henderson, hosted by our very own comedian and motivational speaker, Miss V. Guess what? All proceeds raised from this benefit will go to the Miles College Scholarship Fund for our deserving students. For more information, please visit www.miles.edu or etix.com.